for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio, your real talk station with 24 hours of commercial free programming. Today by LegalZoom. Log on to LegalZoom.com and enter green in the referral code for the green room discount. And now, live from Omaha, Nebraska, the host of the green room, Sean Green. Hey, we're doing it live uh, from beautiful Omaha, Nebraska. I'm here on a uh, here on a cell phone. I'm uh, hanging out. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get a. With the old mobile studio set up, so I'm here on a cell phone, hanging out behind the side door lounge in uh, beautiful Omaha, Nebraska. It is uh, <laughs> it's sweltering, pretty hot, pretty humid. Just pacing around here. I got a uh, stand-up set that I'll have to uh, cut out here for. So we were supposed to do a best of 2011 last week on the uh, LA Talk Radio show. Unfortunately, we had a uh, issue with the computer. So we just ran an old best of. So now we got the new best of clips. They're all ready to go. But, uh, Logan, man, how you been? Pretty good. How about yourself? You've been on a trip for a while. You've already toured Colorado. Now you're in Omaha. How's it going so far? Yep. Good, man. Yeah, went to uh, Denver, Boulder. Kind of been all around. Uh, you know, it's a rocky start because I uh, realized, uh, and when we got to the first hotel, me and my buddy uh, Bill and Brandon came along with me. When we got to the first hotel, I realized I had uh, forgot to pack boxers for the entire road trip. So, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was so busy just driving hours on end. And then, you know, we were, we went up to Red Rocks and it's like, oh, hey, we're going over to this guy's place and then, and, you know, the getting boxers thing get, it kept getting pushed off until finally I, I broke down in Denver and I went to a Kohl's and, uh, I guess I've never bought underwear before. I think my mom's always bought my underwear, even at age 28. But, uh, wow. I realized like underwear is expensive, man. Like I, <laughs> I went in there, and it's like three boxes for $36. I was like, no way. So I went, and I found, um, <laughs> went to the discount bin in Kohl's, found a three-pack of Tidy Whiteys for eight bucks, picked that up. Uh, but they are, uh, they're size 40, which is like, you know, I'm maybe a size 34. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, <laughs> essentially, essentially, I've just been wearing Tidy Whitey boxers for this, uh, you know, multi-thousand-mile road trip, and they're just like riding up on me. It's, but they're not the, it's they're not the greatest whites. planning, Logan. They're Lucy Whiteys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Lucy Whiteys. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's been a it's been a fun trip so far. Just getting out of here, seeing America, man. You know, you got the uh, Purple Mountain Majesties in uh, Denver, and then uh, you know, rolling through the Amber Waves of Grain. Which I got to be honest, the Amber Waves of Grain much much more boring as far as the drive is concerned. Uh, <laughs> not, not as much going on. I don't even know why she was inspired enough to throw that in the uh, in the uh, poem or song. They I, felt bad uh, for Nebraskans. They they just wanted to include the people from the Midwest. Right. Make you them know. feel... Yeah, they're sensitive people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're nice, man. People are, people are genuinely nice out here. It's a, it's a nice, uh, it's a refreshing change. But, um, yeah, we had a, uh, oh, man, we went out with my uh, one, uh, this guy we know from high school who's in the military. If you've never partied with military guys, Logan, they, they have this extra 
like level of partying they get to. I, I don't know. I think it's something about just being in the military and you know, once you've learned to kill a man, you know, Jaeger shots aren't that exciting. So they have an extra level of of partying and this guy got he he was like his thirtieth birthday and man, he got pretty hammered. And he's like a big dude and uh oh man. It was he just like yeah, he's just like a monkey he went loose out of the cage and uh yeah, it was pretty it was pretty exciting to see him roam around because, you know, the guy's like blackout drunk and, and no one's gonna say no to him or stop or <laughs> at one point he got like at one point he got choked out and then like someone choked him out just to like settle him down. He passed out on the ground, then popped up and immediately bolted away. So, you know, we lost him at that point. I guess his one friend tracked him down. Whoa, anyway, what, what the, made someone, first of all, what prompted someone to choke him out? And second of all, who well, could choke out a military guy? Well, he was gripping up some other guy. Then that guy's friend came up from behind and just like, you know, kind of choked him out just to like, you know, and he was, it was weird. It was the most gentle choke out I've ever seen because he choked him out gently and then just like laid him on the ground, just kind of like, all right, dude, go to, you need to go to sleep now. Then he pops up. He tries to get in someone's, uh, like, Honda Civic because he's just blackout drunk. And it's some random girls. He's, like, holding the door. Then I guess he, he, like, runs away. And then, you know, I'm hearing all this secondhand. His, his friend was like, yeah, he went to a, a hookah bar then and was taking his uh, shoe off and pretending to shoot people with his shoe. <laughs> and then I guess he got in another fight. And then he knocked over a porta potty. Um, this guy sounds out of control. Eventually, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's hilarious to watch, but yeah, it, imagine living, it might be tough, but, uh, it, so eventually they pick him up, they, his girlfriend, we're at the girlfriend's house waiting, they find him, they're bringing him back, and, uh, you know, it's like a, you know, a big dude, like, over six feet, over 200, like, in-shape guy, and, uh, they're dragging him away, they're like, we just decide to, like, pick him up and try to carry him in, and I'll never forget, he, he's, like, grabs at one of the side of view mirrors of, uh, his girlfriend's car, and he's, like, trying to tear it off. I'm like, no, no, stop. What are you doing? And then he, he looks at us like we're crazy. And then he tries to take a bite out of the side of you mirror. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's how I realized he had a little too much to drink. He was overserved. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, tons of, tons of more of those road stories uh, we'll save for next week. We have an amazing best of show. Uh, we'll start it off with uh, Eddie Pepitone talking New York sports and uh, comedy. And, uh, yeah, it's a good time. And we got a lot of great clips. So, Stay tuned, and uh, Logan, hopefully you can handle it from here on out. I'll try to check in later, uh, but, uh, you know, self-reception is spotty. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, you got it from here, Logan? Yeah, uh, if they're in Omaha right now, where should they run to? <laughs> where are you oh, the uh, side, yeah, I'm over at the uh, side door lounge. So, yeah, you can still catch me before I go out on stage. So come on by. It's going to be a blast. All right. Eddie Pepitone. All right, man. Really All right, hang in there, Logan. <laughs> See and I gotta say, you know, you know, me and you, you're from Philly, I'm from yep. New York, and I've only been to Philly a couple of times, but me and Sean were talking about the sports rivalry, and the Philadelphia teams only second to Boston. Yes. Like the Red Sox, I hate more than any other team, because <laughs> uh, I'm a Yankee fan, but the Eagles and the Flyers. Yep. Um, are teams that have destroyed my faith in life. <laughs> because when I was a kid, the Flyers, you're a little young, but when I was a kid, the Flyers were the Broad Street Bullies. Broad Street Bullies. And I was a young kid who loved hockey. I loved the Rangers. I loved the, And the Flyers would beat the Rangers bloody because that's all they did. And the Rangers, 
They never had anybody who stood up to the fly. So I've always like, and then the Eagles, I, I hate. But you know, I was coming over here thinking, <laughs> what am I going to tell Green when he brings up the Eagles? Because screw the Eagles. <laughs> and, I, this is what, and this is what I was going to tell you. You guys may be kicking our ass lately. Yeah. But we have three Super Bowls. Right. And we always close the deal. Like you kick our ass, but you never close the deal. Like you guys never win. Have you won the Super Bowl yet? No. No, we haven't won no, the Super Bowl. Now, and this is my thing here. here yeah. Here's now my they're thing. a great. You're a, Philly's a great team. I mean, but and the Giants, th- when they get on their runs, they take it all the way. But the <laughs> they Eagles did. Don't. They beat the Patriots. That's right. And that's the thing. Philadelphia sports fans, they get so much shit for being, oh, they're the worst fans. Oh, yeah. They're yeah, the yeah. biggest they assholes. They boo Santa Claus is yeah, the biggest. First like, off, of course we're going to boo Santa Claus. <laughs> I'm a grown man. You think I'm going to just, oh, hey, Santa Claus. If Santa Claus was real and he brought the Eagles a Super Bowl, then I'd be cheered. Yeah. They, they'd never won a Super Bowl, and they sell out every season, and people are dying to By see By the way, the this is why I think the Philly people are going to like me. <laughs> yeah, because exactly. I have the same mentality as a sports fan. Like, right. when my team sucks, you know, I don't I, – I let them know they suck. <laughs> yes, because exactly. it's like, dudes, you got to play – I don't – if they play well and lose – all right, I'm I'm not gonna boo them, but man, the Giants—they are the type of team that plays amazing and then doesn't show up. They've had they've had a weird streak with Coughlin because they won the Super oh. Bowl in 2008 with that mm-hmm. epic run, mm-hmm. and then they've also these past other two seasons they've had great starts or great yeah. moments. <laughs> right, where they, they look really great. good. Yeah, yeah. And then it, they and haven't then been they able to finish die. it out. They yeah. die. All right, now I got I gotta play this clip. Take Uh-oh. us through what you were feeling when you heard this go down. That's oh, no. the punt. Gets a high snap. Gets it away. It's a duck Jackson takes it at the 35. Picks it up. Looks for running room. He's at the 40. He's at the 45. Midfield. He's at the 40. He's going back to home. He jumps. Slides. He's running around. And he's in the end zone. And there's no time. And the Eagles win. Can I take you through what I was going through? Sure, yes. Now take us through your brain there, Eddie. I was in defense mode. I'm sure you know this as a sports fan. As soon as they punted, by the way, the progression of that game, like leading up to that punt, that was inevitable, that moment. I don't know oh, if yes. you were about, but like you the can Giants were up by, I don't know, 20, 21 points. 21 points with five minutes left. <laughs> yeah. Damn. And boom, one touchdown, two touchdowns. And then three. Then the Eagles tied it, and then that punt. And uh, I was just like, I saw him. First of all, the Giant punter, who if he is still with the team, I am not going to be a Giant fan anymore. <laughs> yes. His name is Matt Dodge. Yep. Anyway, he couldn't kick it out of fucking bounds. That's all he had to do. All he had to do was kick it out of bounds. Oh. Wow. And once Jackson fielded it, and I was like, all right, well, we'll we'll tackle him right away. And then once he broke one or two tackles, I went into that that shell <laughs> of like this isn't happening. Like you know, as a child, it's an outer body. Experience. Who? Yes, it was an outer body. Like as a child, when something's not supposed to be happening, and you're a young kid, and it's too scary. <laughs> yeah. that's what I went into. You just try to shut down you, yeah. and, and just reject it as a reality. Like this cannot mm-hmm, be happening. Mm-hmm. And my girlfriend was there, and she does <laughs> oh, not understand sports at all. And when I get upset, <laughs> she just goes, "Come on, honey." <laughs> And that's the last thing I wanted <laughs> exactly. to hear. Exactly. You don't need pity right then. You pity, don't need yeah. pity. That just no, makes No, but it so I don't need worse. to hear it. Really doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Like, you it's know. It's okay. It's just force. Start your head as you speak. Yeah, you're 
Penny, my head! Get your hands off me! This is the Eagles! I know, I, I, I have to say this joke all the time, but my mom is a sports fan just because she doesn't want to see me and my dad and my brother so angry because she knows... If, if they lose, it's like, oh, the, the day's ruined. She's kind of oh, cooked sweet. dinner by herself. And, not, you know, everyone's just, like, eating food, not making yeah. eye contact. Yeah, everyone does their own yeah. thing. But, hey, if they win, oh, everyone's chatty Cathy hanging yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I, I tell you, for me, you know, and I'm sure you have this, too. Uh, I think every real sports fan has to have this. It's like a love-hate with sports because there are such highs. And then there are yes. such crushing lows. Yes, and I've exactly. always been that kind of person. Speaking of Charlie C. Well, right. I I've think always it's... been manic depression about sports. Like, yeah, we won. My greatest sports uh, triumph was the Rangers. Oh, okay. The 1994 Cup with Mark Messier and all those guys. Yeah, that was. And that was really they had kind never of... won. You know, they, I think it was the first time they won in 50 something years, and that was really amazing. That was now, really where amazing. were you when that went? Down? I was actually living near the Garden. Uh, in New York, I was living in Hell's Kitchen, so I went up to the garden after the Rangers won the cup, and I was just out there with uh, a lot of Ranger fans. And yeah, it was so just fun. getting into it. Well, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, comedy there's a there's kind of a similar high and low. Mm. Mm. And, you know, when you're when you're killing, it's everything so great, and you can kind of that's just like true. see four jokes ahead of you, that's and you're just true. in that zone. And then when it's just off and it's not right or whatever, or things aren't working, or mm. this isn't a good show. And there's nothing, there's nothing you can get out of it, and it's just like, get me out of here. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's a, like, you know, that's what makes one a professional, though. Yes. In stand-up is, or in this, in this business is like, when you're not having a great, great night. Yes. You still have the fortitude to do a good job. Exactly. To still do right. your act, finish strong, post. Because if you get into that head, like, and I've gotten this way. Right. With crowds, like, oh, these fucking people <laughs> suck. Yeah, if you get in that zone of like, oh, me. you're going to take me down? No, I'm going to take everything down. And, and yeah, you can, it's easy to kind of slip up and get in that tailspin. But, yeah, I think you're right. Like, a pro right. just kind of sucks it up, realizes right. it is what it is. It is Here's what, what it I is. can do. Yeah. And, and kind of take it from there. But it's tough. Okay, this is Logan back in the present time, taking you guys away from that clip. Uh, They're talking a little bit about stand-up, and uh, Shanta sent me two text messages. The first one said, tell the audience there's a lot of corn-fed college chicks here. You're missing out, so if you're living in Omaha, get out there now. I don't know what corn-fed really means. It sounds like they're big girls. And uh, then he sent me a text that says... My opener is, I have never done stand-up before. I'm so nervous I may crap my pants. Can't say I get it, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. You guys are missing out if you're not watching Sean right now. It sounds like he's in a good mood, and he's killing. Let's hear what he had to say to Eddie Pepitone. Got, a little, got about five minutes left on this clip. I think they're done talking about football. For the, it's tough. It's tough because... Like you were just saying, you know, the the mindset of a, excuse me, of a comedian is that they want to kill. Yes. And that's the high, and that's why I I love to perform in front of live audiences. Is you get that that incredible rush of energy from the crowd. 
So when you're not getting that, it's hard to settle. <clears throat> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and 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 especially if you like to riff or you know you mm. you improv a lot of stuff, it it you need that you kind of like feed off that energy and it gets that ball yeah. rolling. And if you're not getting that kickstart, it's it's kind of frustrating. And it is hard to make an audience like if an audience decides they don't like you. Yes. I'll tell you that's a bitch to turn around. Right. It is because. It, you know Especially I mean? if they're not going to see you, or maybe uh, you're on a show with some other people, and this is the first time they've ever seen you. You're kind. Of, this is like That's a first right. date. You That's gotta right. kind of, yeah. And you kind of forget, exactly. like, oh, they don't already know me. They don't get. I'm kind of kidding about this. They, yeah. you know, <laughs> maybe they think I'm really am this crazy. Or whatever. you kind of gotta yeah. ease them in, or, or or figure out some way to break the ice, really, and yeah. kind of show them your personality. Now, um, yeah, you you exactly. did this show recently, uh, Ham Clown. Oh, and yeah. it was, uh, oh, that's right. You were there at that, <laughs> at that place. This is great. Oh, my so God. it was. Uh, it's kind of a cool, kind of a cool show. Um, it, uh, it's, it's in a, it's in a hotel. It's in an old hotel Famous in hotel downtown. In Not, kind of interesting architecture. They, yeah. They just started doing this show. Eddie went up. had a, had a really great set. A lot of fun. You know, some other acts were going up, and then they decided to throw in a, a skit. And I've I've been to millions and millions of stand-up shows, and anytime you kind of just throw a skit mm, in there, mm. it, it it doesn't it doesn't really feel right for the I most know. part. It, it's tough to make that work because the audience is well, there's used, no fourth wall throughout the whole show, and then all of a sudden you got to that's pretend. a good point. Yeah, that's a great that's a good point. And also I think What's it's your a, name, son. <laughs> <laughs> and also it, it's one of those things where like okay they're used to the rhythm of the mm, jokes, mm-hmm. and then so. Okay, hey, I'm gonna do this sketch piece. Yeah. And you know, stand ups a lot of times when they're doing a, a like an, a skit, it's all like, Hey, yeah. look at me, I'm doing a skit. Oh, hey, right. I'm doing a skit. <laughs> right. And then yeah. Eddie, I am assuming this wasn't planned ahead of time, right? Or no. I, okay, I that's, that's what I got. Eddie just walked up and he goes, <laughs> Everyone, stop the show. Has anyone seen my daughter? She likes to go on in awful sketches. I haven't seen her. And then you like just got into this character of an angry dad uh, yeah. trying to find his daughter. And they, yeah. they had like a fake gun that they were pretending yeah. to shoot. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you couldn't even afford caps to throw in the fake gun. None of this is working. Stop this now. Well, oh, you man. see, that's what happens. And Logan, that's a good point because the fourth wall had been down, right? So I felt like that's that was that was how I'm gonna do the sketch. Right, exactly. Like I'm gonna make fun of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, you you, you captured yeah. you captured kind of the the feeling in the room, and you, you kind of got into the moment. You kind of got into the collective thought process that was going on throughout yeah. throughout the show. And yeah, yeah, I think I think that's uh you know as a performer I I love seeing you go up because that's you know you're kind of always trying to figure out what's going on and kind yeah. of commenting on the moment. Yeah, that and that's what I hope when I when I do Connie's Rick Rack. Yes. That that I'll, March twenty fifth. March twenty fifth, and that I'll be able <laughs> to feel like I can do anything because I think that's what people really want to see. You know what right. I mean? Like, um. You know, when when I'm in the moment and I feel like I'm connected and the audience is connected to me, I feel like anything is possible. We could fuck yes. around yes. on anything. You know no, I mean? I like uh, just last week, I, I did just some random show, mm-hmm. and I was there, and uh, a guy was eating a Subway sandwich, and I just went into this whole thing about, you know, don't you love yourself? Why are you eating this sandwich? And just like, it, just got, this whole thing about you how... You got into it. Yeah, and, and the audience is just like, what? you know, they get so titillated by that idea of like, oh my God, this is... This is happening right now, and you can yeah. right. you can get so much more. And because uh, so a lot of times we just go through our material, 
Right, and it's it's hard because you're up there and you're like, okay, I need to do something to kind of get it going. Okay, I'll start doing the material, but then, okay, hey, where's the moment? And that's mm-hmm. that's really where the the good stuff happens. I, and we actually did a show. Um, Troy Conrad is working on this pilot called Set List, oh, and we yeah. we taped it over at the Comedy Central and it's a stages, show which kind of plays into all of that. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's it's a great idea for the show. Basically, you walk out there and there's a list of seven things, and you just got to create a stand-up set out of these seven things. And it's it's a yeah. it's fun to watch, and you can just tell the audience is sitting there like, oh man, what's what's he right. gonna think of? And the the tension that you create and then release is so much bigger. Yeah. Because they can see you making it up as you do it. Yeah, yeah. I had fun, and I found things that I don't think I would have found. You know, right, because they kind of just do like wacky, absurdist. Um, I remember one of the things I had was it just said faggot friendly. <laughs> yes, that and was. So I was, was doing this thing where I was yelling <laughs> at gay people, but I was trying to be friendly, like, "Yo, faggot! You know that is a pretty good idea of eating sorbet in between meals." <laughs> I remember the like, one. The one was great. You're like, "Hey, faggot! You probably don't know useless stats about running backs from the 1980s. You probably do a lot of reading. You're probably better served for not knowing that." Yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. That was Eddie Pepitone earlier in the year. Eddie's from the East Coast. Sean's from the East Coast. Right now, they're staying up in well, the Midwest area. But let's go down to Texas and listen to. A University of Texas coach freaking out on his team. Of course. And this is uh, the college team, the Longhorns. This is a coach freaking out. And I, my, this, those are my arch enemies, though. I went to Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, okay. But Oklahoma anyway, State. the state of Texas, their baseball coach, this is him freaking out after a game. Keep in mind, the team lost 4-2. to two. I don't know what the uh, what the other circumstances are, but this is his reaction to losing a game 4-2. to two. This is the speech he gives. His baseball team. I, I don't know why they were documenting this or, or what it was about. And what grade? This was high school? This is college. College, okay. okay. Yep. And uh, this guy is getting pretty fired up. This is Augie Garrido flipping out on his Texas baseball team. You know why? They don't have one guy on that team who can play for us. And they kick the ever-loving shit out of us. <laughs> the score does not even reveal the difference in these two teams. If this was a fucking fist fight... Or a gang fight, which most of you don't know one fucking thing about. <laughs> it's like, not even can you guys know how to play baseball. You're a bunch of pussies who aren't even in gangs. <laughs> and you listen to this guy. Does the coach ever sound like he's ever sniffed a fucking gang? And <laughs> no. like, now listen, when I was rolling hard with MS-13, jocking <laughs> bitches in my youth. Yeah, well, I would raise up on a fool. Not a one of you knows anything about raising up. Huh? <laughs> Who here's trying to put some steel on a nigga's dome? He's got yeah, he's got the pant leg <laughs> leg rolled up. He's got a shiv in the back he's of his. He's pulling off a steel reserve, forty ounce. Uh, but it, it's so it's so like a pretty standard coach speech though. Right, me? exactly. Yeah, so it's just it's it just fun. started off like that. Yeah, he he kind of loses it a little bit, but uh, yeah, here's some more. And it is just funny to hear old guys curse in, in any situation. I love it when an old white guy breaks down. We would be dead if it was a boxing match and each individual took the beating that we took here today. I wouldn't have to be doing this. I'd just come and visit your ass in the hospital and say, when you get the fucking wires off of your mouth from the broken jaw and you can see again because your eyes are swollen now and you can walk again because the guy just punched you in the gut 55 fucking times, all I'd have to say is, with all that, when you get better, we'll have a little chat about how this guy just 
fucking destroyed you. <laughs> Jesus and you Christ. Guys, we were talking about metaphor. we were talking about good improv. Now, this guy's a good improviser. This dude is a great <laughs> improv guy. This is awesome improv. The, yeah. the, the imagery, the hilarity. I remember when it I would get should these... have been like a, a assistant coach doing yes and. <laughs> exactly. Like, I remember when I was in sports and when coaches would freak out like this, I, I kind of had an outer body experience where I could just sit back because most of the time they were yelling at the players that played, so I didn't feel really that attached to the performance. So I, <laughs> I would just sit back and, and have to bite my lip because I even at that young age, I realized how hilarious this was that this guy was losing it so hard. Yeah, because he's living vicariously through his players. <laughs> exactly. And it, you make a great point. The, <clears throat> the mental imagery that he has is so clear. I would love if this dude was like a real cinephile or like a real movie buff and he <laughs> Going into that side. Now see what happens. <laughs> For example, what you are is the resistance. All right, Skynet kicked the shit out of us today. All right, their quarterback was a T1000. You guys are T400s. Easy right. to spot. Rubber skin. <laughs> right. All his all his analogies are related to other more brutal sports or fighting or stabbing. But it would be funny if he was really into gaming, Transformers, any sort of other thing. See what we are. We are the United States Colonial Marines. All right. Now the Covenant. Is out there swooping in on us about to glass our goddamn planet. They glassed our goddamn planet while we're trying to find He's really he's really into pogs. You guys are a bu- that team is a bunch of hologram slammers that are just destroying you. Damn! That's here's, right. here's some more. The, he has three separate flips out flip uh flip outs. One is on the field where the guy I, there wasn't the audio wasn't that great. Then this was after he had that one that we just heard, and this is another one where they're actually in the locker room. All right. In 15 minutes, you guys will probably all be fucking fine with this, okay? <laughs> so I'll just basically say, in 15 that, minutes, you guys will all move on with your life, and this just adds to my jolly <laughs> face. Like, this is why old guys get that loose skin around their neck, because they just can't take it anymore. That was my favorite part of my coach yelling at me, was just thinking, like, that ex- what exactly what he said. Thirty minutes from now, we're all gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah. Like we're. Yeah, you're, you're just thinking about the sandwich again. your mom is making for you at home. You're yeah, not, yeah, you're yeah, not you're just hoping <laughs> nobody ate all the bagel bites when you got home. <laughs> this guy is totally. I mean, can you can you take a sniff? This guy's making it all about himself. He's living through his players. Oh, he and he's like, it. you're not gonna care about what I'm saying <laughs> at all. I'm dying in your arms tonight. <laughs> yeah. Must have been something you said, but it's not gonna matter in twenty minutes. Let's hear a little bit more. Coming up this way as fast as I can. That is the most humiliating game in the last fucking ten years I've been involved with. How can we fucking get picked on the first base? How can you do that? What the fuck is that about? What do you think you're fucking with there? I don't know, Elise. That's funny. Is that some goddamn game? This is about our lives! Did he just say that? Yeah, he said, this isn't about some goddamn game. I'll rewind it here. Let's see if I can catch it. Play that again. Play that again. This is about our lives! One more time. This isn't about some goddamn game! This is about our lives! I imagine... All right, right, we don't do sound effects on this show, but... We may want to keep that clip. (laughs) That is a drop worthy. Does that guy not sound like he's hovering three to four feet above the ground in a magnetic (laughs) field, Magneto style, just scaring the shit out of every kid in there, slowly transforming fingers three or four inches longer, the fangs come out? 
It does, it does have kind of the evil genius thing. And it does, the guy puts it in perspective when he says, well, in his own in his own perspective, when he says, this isn't a game, this is our lives. Now I, I immediately thought of, wow, what if you actually gave a speech where this is about your lives? Like, what if you are the, the corporal or whoever's in charge of SEAL Team 6? What is that guy's pregame speech? How can you top this? How, what, you know, bring this guy in and have him hype up the troops. I, I imagine it's much more reserved, but... When it actually is about someone's lives, how much higher energy and how much more importance can you put on it? What if we found out, like, totally dead opposite, <laughs> the SEAL Team 6 leader, we get audio of his, and it's the dead opposite, like, I just want everybody to do <laughs> yeah. the best. I want you to try real hard. If you, do, if you don't succeed, hey, turn that frown upside down. We're going to get a second chance. Has everyone had something to eat? Has everyone here? Plenty of sleep tonight. Show of hands. Your show of hands if anybody needs a snack before we take off. It's 120 miles an hour. I will. I'm not going to turn this Apache around. Okay. I will not. If you don't go to the bathroom now, you're not going to be able to go. I don't know if there's bathrooms in that compound. Okay. I don't think there is. They now, could have. They could guys, have a human shield blocking the bathroom. Okay. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not gonna. Now, guys, we need to talk about this helicopter that exploded. <laughs> I'm not blaming you. I'm but not mad. I'm not before mad. Before I start, I'm not mad. I'm a little disappointed in the way we handled it. That's all. I just want to know: Did anybody happen to see? Did happen to see a fanny pack when we touched down? Because mine, I think, fell off. All right, folks. Well, let's keep the southern theme going and uh, move on to Oklahoma's own country star Tim McGraw, who's written a very interesting new single, and we had a lot to say about it. Here we go. These, uh, these song lyrics really stuck with me in how incredibly sad they were. But, all right, uh, this is uh, Tim McGraw, and uh, I won't reveal the name of the title, kind of give away what I'm going at here, but this is uh, Tim McGraw. All right, I'm, I'm in so far. He's, he's talking about drinking too much. Hurting people's feelings, he feels yeah. bad. He's just a he's just a sad kind of guy, sad sack. Just thinking about him in the pickup with his loyal dog. Maybe he's got a plug of chow in. Maybe he's just thinking about the world, and the weight of the world on his shoulders. This is not some cry for help. Oh, he doesn't need help. He, he can he can handle it on his own. Oh, he he loves her. Oh, sweet end. This is a slow dance song. That's the ultimate gift he can give to someone. Okay, growing up in Texas at the middle school dances, this these are the slow songs when the country song comes on. Right. Can you imagine just yeah. dancing to that song? Yeah, screw You're Stairway about- to Heaven, just yeah. listen to Tim McGraw kill myself. You're about to make a move and kiss her. Everybody in the auditorium saying that in unison, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, I'll break your lighters out. It's the Kill Yourself song. I, I guess maybe if Tim, if he wanted to defend the lyrics, he'd probably say, oh, it's about, it's I'm playing a character who kills himself. But that's blatantly just saying, hey, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. And it, the, the, the lyrics well, the go whole, on. The like, whole lyrics are very eloquent. And then at the end, it's, <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. Did you, did you feel that was coming? Did, did that, no. didn't that I thought so, those are great lyrics up to that. The, I'm, I'm sorry for what I've done, maybe. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make it up. I'm going to go ramble for a while. Yeah. I'll or, be back later. 
or at least I'm going to end it all. <laughs> say it, in a, say it yeah. in a poetic way. End it all, put an end to it, <laughs> sell stop my, it. Sell my truck, sell the farm, something. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of mystery. Kill my. <laughs> is the next verse go into graphic detail of how? Right. 20, no, no, he doesn't. He doesn't get quite that graphic, but he does go through uh, this weird thing of like. Hey, well, first off, he says it's not a cry for help. First of all, suicide. Quick, quick side note. When it, yeah, it is funny when people survive. Yeah, it's it's when, not just a suicide note; it's a suicide song. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, for help? Clearly, this is a cry for help, Tim McGraw. Are you imagine like the engineer. Okay, we got a hot track coming up. All right. Kill myself. Okay, yeah, I don't know if this is top 40, Tim. Come on, we've really been on a roll. Uh, perhaps uh, drive your truck into a, I just, I don't know, a crevice or something. <laughs> and not just say kill yourself. Just hit the, hit the record button, please. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, Tim, can we lighten up at, at all on the lyrics, Tim? Uh, how about I throw in I, an I love you before the... the okay, I love you. That's good. A, okay. That's good. You love The love is lost. Maybe you're going to kill your old self. Kill your old self. Symbolic? I feel huh? like that's going to go over people's heads. I'm just going to get right to the point. <laughs> okay, but t- come on, Tim. We want to get something down. We want to get CMT. How are we going to shoot the video? What's the video going to be like? Please. It's going to be I me don't... in an old motel room with my toe in the, the safety of a 22-odd rifle with the barrel in my mouth. Okay, I know I know we appeal to people who own guns, and that's good. Maybe Smith & Wesson, we can get a little product placement. I like that idea. I like that angle. But just... Maybe maybe leave some room for a sequel there somewhere in the song. I'm gonna slip my wrist and bleed out in a tub. Is that is that what you're asking? I think we're just on different pages. Hey Timmy, what's up? It's me, your agent. Is this guy giving you a problem? Yeah, he's <laughs> like, you don't want me to do my art, man. <laughs> I'm playing a character who is exactly like myself who wants to kill himself. Is that true, Mr. Producer? You know, this guy's sold millions of records. You're lucky to even have him working with you. And I want you to know, this is not a cry for help. This is not a cry for help. I'll put that in the song if that helps. <laughs> okay, I guess that helps. I guess let's make it obvious it's not a cry for help. Okay, there we go. See, we can all work together, guys. All right, well, it was a happy ending for Tim McGraw. That was our good friend Nick Rutherford playing Tim McGraw in her little sketch. Um, earlier I mentioned that Sean sent me a text message that he said his opener was, I have never done stand-up before, so I'm nervous. I may crap my pants. Uh, what he apparently meant was that's what the guy that was opening up for him said. <laughs> so imagine you're a comic waiting backstage to go on stage, and the guy in front of you, <laughs> the guy performing right in front of you, starts talking about how he's so nervous he may crap his pants. Well, Sean must be having a great time over there in Omaha, but... uh. Let's listen to one of his friends talk about bullying with this next clip. America. And so I thought it would be good to come on because you're an admitted bully. Is that correct, Steve? <clears throat> yes, I'm a bully. <laughs> and you also... Not recovered. I'm still... I'm still okay. I'm still, in you're, fact, bullying. You're still, you're still a bully. You also work as a teacher. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I brought on... <laughs> I brought on a bullying expert to try to talk to you, to try to get you to change your ways. He, uh, here's a clip of that in case you guys missed it. Their self-confidence has not been established, and it's at a time in their lives when they're very, um, you know, you care what your friends think, and you're figuring out who you are. So that's what that's how I would handle it. All right, well, Katie. Do you ever think that maybe the bully could help them build more self-confidence? Like, say if they were, like, Velcro <laughs> shoes, they're in, like, sixth grade, and a bully picks on that, then they might say to themselves, well, maybe I should learn how to tie my sneakers, and then I don't have to wear Velcro anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, 
I think that's a good point. I think, you know, when I look back on my life. <laughs> that was the bullying expert. She had yeah. obviously been totally bullied. Amazing. I was going to say, yeah, how, what makes her an expert? She's been bullied her whole life? Or? Pushed around. Uh, you know what, John? I didn't I didn't really look into that much of her bullying <laughs> yeah, credentials. I just posted on Craigslist, anyone want to talk about bullying? And then they called into the show, and I, I dubbed them a bullying expert. <laughs> I don't know. She she seemed to have some code words she had down. some sort of... Uh, didn't, I thought she wrote a book or an article or something. I don't a know. Book I, or an article, a pamphlet. I kind like, of yeah, exactly. Smaller and a smaller. book or an article, yeah. She an article could be anything. Blog, sense. maybe just a Facebook status. It was unclear. <laughs> it was unclear <laughs> what her actual credentials were. Um, either way, I was just I was just down to go with it. I was like, uh, yeah, all right, yeah, sure. Tried to talk to my buddy, and uh, you know, then she like followed up with an email. Really wanted to email Steve and get into deeper, and she was really, really? worried that he was in a position oh. of power. Ooh, and I, I as a teacher, connection. yes. Well, because Steve works as a teacher, so I think she was kind of worried, uh, you know, that he was what, propagating what do you, bullying. What do you teach? Phys ed teacher. <laughs> gym class. He's a well, gym that's teacher. exactly what you should be doing. Right, right exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're an admitted bully, what better, I mean. Yeah. Right, that's what you picture every bully. All gym teachers were dicks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if someone told yeah, me. Gym's fun anyway. Yeah, I, I don't exactly. Know. If you have any, but if you don't have any athletic, any athletic ability, gym is not fun. Like I, I was, I could play baseball. I could run. You know, there are some kids who can't even run without falling down. Yeah, so I for them, Jim right. is like, ah, terrifying. I think everyone Jim feels like at some point they got picked on for not being as athletic as everyone else. Cause I know yeah, I did, but I mean, but I, I always got picked wasn't... on by like my friends, and then yeah. I was like, eh, 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 screw you too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I was never like, I, actually, there were, I guess there were, I don't know, there were kids that intimidated me, but not necessarily that were like, eh, 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 picked yeah. on me. But yeah. I almost appreciated the way coaches or, like coaches would handle it by just kind of being like, leave him alone and not do anything. But a teacher would be like, okay, you leave him alone or you sit outside of the classroom for the whole class or like, you know. Yeah. Teachers but almost brought just... too much attention to it and yeah. made you feel like and somehow you're getting them in trouble so you would get in more trouble. Exactly. Whereas in the athletic sense, it would just be like, all right, knock it off. I'll turn the hose on you kids. You know, if you was... deal out of it, you cause more conflict. Yeah. I, I always thought the gym teachers were mad because they were gym teachers, though. You were a bully before that. You were a bully before that. You didn't like... You've yeah, been bullied I, your whole life. Yeah, I, I was a, I was bullied as a kid, which then turned me on to bullying. <laughs> it turned you on to it. It's like, turned you on. It's like I smoked a joint when I was <laughs> 12. And gateway now, bullying. Bullying, bullying led to peer pressure. What were you, I mean, what Steve, were you bullied? I'm sorry. We, oh, no, no, ahead. sure. Steve, tell the story about uh, your birthday <laughs> your birthday with our our buddy Tom. That, ah. that was one of your first bullying incidents that really got you into bullying. Yeah, the kid from my neighborhood, he was a friend of mine, and I think it might have been like my 8th, ninth, or 10th birthday. He like he shoved my face into my own cake. He like put my toys in the cake that I just opened up. Oh, I mean, like man. a ninja turtle, he put it in the cake. I mean, so he was bullying you. Yeah. That's bad. That is, that is bad. I it's just rude. I just remember Steve in high school in our language arts class wrote a poem about it, and it ended with, "Well, that's nice, Tom, but I like the turtle before it was in the cake." <laughs> that's how it ended. Now, Steve, I know you were telling me earlier that. You know, as an admitted bully, and you, you think your bullying days would be behind you because you're an adult in the workforce, but you're telling you, you told me that you still have some bullying stuff going on in the workplace. Explain. Well, you Tell know, I, I don't think I do it on yeah. purpose. Yeah, I think it just comes good. out. I mean, 
just the weak person just comes out and I, I, I just pick on them. I don't know. But yes, the uh, the librarian at the school and I, we don't really see eye to eye. We kind of bust. <laughs> it's a sitcom. My God, it's like a 1980s sitcom, dude. <laughs> she gets she gets really upset with me at times. And what are you doing in the library? Can I, I, mean, can I just paint a picture? Real in quick? the lunchroom, and we all. Oh, you all. Okay, yeah. I hadn't noticed before that Steve has a rat tail, <laughs> so I I just think that paints like a little bit more of a picture. But go ahead. <laughs> good, good call, Logan. He's got a rat tail, and he's got some dyed hair he's in the dyed. back. Yeah. What? what and you teach in Philly? Yeah, suburb outside. Of okay. All right, so Steve, you haven't gotten along with the librarian. Yet. What exactly <laughs> is your point of contention with the librarian? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think she more had a problem with me, and just anything I say irritates her. But, uh, I mean, recently I've been pushing her buttons a little more here and there. <laughs> and uh, I'd say last week he, she, she got really upset with me during lunch, and she pretty much just stood up and was like, fine, I'll leave. You know, I won't eat lunch with you guys anymore. Stormed out, ate lunch in her, in her room by herself for the next week. Anytime we'd pass each other in the hall, she wouldn't speak to me at all. Now, <laughs> what'd you do that made her I, say that? I, it was an argument over like uh, that song Friday with Rebecca Black. Oh, my God. Are you I, shitting there was, me? There was an event in school where a teacher was going to get pied, and she really didn't want it to happen to her. So I went to the person who's in charge, and I said that we'd all like to get pied. That way she had to get pied. And she was really furious about that. That's just little things that I do. Oh, she doesn't she's like. She's just no fun. She's, it, that's not. No, but yeah. Steve, I be honest. That. I said, be honest I said, with loosen up, live a little, have some fun. And she's like, oh, you think I'm no fun? And it's real fun. <laughs> Fine, I'll leave. <laughs> and I just said, listen, the kids like gym. They don't like library. I said, <laughs> she doesn't like that. <laughs> did you word it that way? <laughs> they don't like library. Now, now, Steve, what did you say to her? I feel like you called her out professionally. You were telling me earlier that. That probably dug the deepest. What was your comments about her as a librarian? Uh, <laughs> I said she wasn't a professional librarian because they all work down the Bethlehem Public Library, not in school. <laughs> that, that really rattled her. Wow. That hit home. How dare you? I am a professional. I said the Dewey Decimal System is obsolete, too. <laughs> I said, I said, when I want to get a book, I just go to the librarian at the public library. And I said, this is what I want. Then she just looks it up and goes and finds it with the numbers. I said, why are we teaching kids to do a decimal system? It doesn't need to be taught. <laughs> Very good point. Uh, so this is Logan back in the present time. The clip's over. And uh, I've been updating you guys on Sean's text. So <laughs> at the beginning of the show, he told me, his opener was, I've never done stand-up before. I'm so nervous I may crap my pants. He actually meant that that was his, the guy opening for him. And uh, <laughs> he just texted me and told me, this opening group's improv comedy is flatter than the Omaha, <laughs> flatter than the Omaha terrain. Uh, so it sounds like he's having a lot of fun there. He said Nebraska hipsters are hilarious. <laughs> And he says one guy keeps yelling Tosh.0 and thinks he's hilarious. So if you're in Omaha, you Huskers, and you're not at that comedy club, get down there right away. I'm going to leave you guys with one more clip. And if I have time, I'll do a haiku. Looks like I will. This next clip is our buddy Nick Rutherford. Honestly, I forgot what it was, but it's called Good Neighbor B-Ball. Let's find out together what's in this clip in South Central yesterday. I just played pickup basketball in South Central yesterday okay. all day for this like Foot Locker brand thing. Oh really? Yeah. So you did it, you nice. shot a skit for Foot Locker? 
Yeah, it was more just like a documentary of like uh, the three of us. We're all like <laughs> smallish white guys. Yeah, no, I've seen I've seen you play basketball before. A lot of hustle, but uh, yeah, you don't have a coordinated jump shot. Not a not not great form. I, I got I got a lot of heart. I got a lot of heart, and I was called a flopper by the players, <laughs> like the other the other gentleman we played against. So he he got mad, called you flopper, said you were flopping all over. No, we we were playing against them, but they were just like, yeah, we saw you walk up, and we knew you were going to be a flopper, and then you started flopping around. <laughs> sure well, traditionally, flopping means, you know, in 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 basketball where they're going to call fouls means you stand there, and when they run at you, you make it look like it was an offensive foul, but you can't. Obviously, there was no. Was there an actual ref? No, there's nobody calling any fouls or anything. And yeah. so the premise of Foot Locker is, hey, look at these jerk offs playing guys <laughs> who actually know how to play basketball. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like they geared us all out, so we had these. I had these like brand new Lebrons that haven't come out yet. <laughs> and the first thing the guys go is like, man, I like those shoes. I'm gonna have to take those from yeah, you. Exactly. <laughs> that's uh, uh, guys. This isn't part of the documentary. Yo, I said break yourself, fool. Give me them shoes. I want those shorts too. <laughs> okay, thanks for playing, guys. We'll see. Hey you guys, just relax. <laughs> We had like two gigantic bodyguards there, which at first I felt like. <laughs> How racist is that, though? Yeah, I mean, exactly. you're Foot Locker, come on, you're just gonna throw two. Oh, I get it. They're they're in South Central. There's gonna be a lot of black people playing basketball. They might get out of control. Better send some bodyguards. Well, I figured that would actually antagonize people more. Right. Like, oh, yo, look at these crackers showing up with bodyguards yeah, to pick yeah. up. Yo, what are you worried? I'm gonna elbow you too hard. What your bodyguard gonna come out and get me? And like all the Sean people we play in South Central. Oh yeah? yeah, that's how he gets that impression. You can tell from that so accent. Yeah, no, I, you just transformed. And earlier you transformed into a, a surfer. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, like, I thought I know you guys, and yeah. all of a sudden you're yeah, you're not the people. only guy. You're, you're not the only improv actor who can do characters. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Was it uh, Groundlings or IO? Yeah, What's Groundlings. Okay. Yep. Okay. Oh. Yeah. And second city. A little UCB there. That's that's the hit place now. Yeah. So well, did anything uh, anything noteworthy happen with uh, you and these uh, these fellows from South Central? Well, we we buddied up with the uh, the, the main guys we were playing with. Got dinner with them afterwards. We wanted to go to like a <laughs> rib nice. joint, you know, or some like right offensive. fried chicken place. Yeah. And then we we're like, yeah, we're losing light. Let's just go to uh, this like whitewashed pasta Roma, like Italian restaurant by USC. So we just took them to like a pizza spot, basically. Nice. Kind of lost it at the end. Do they? Uh, how how was the friendship? What were they asking you? I know I know the normal questions people ask comedians, but did they did they know this was gonna go down ahead of time, or did you guys just show up? Oh no, we just showed up. Like originally, our, our producer was like, "Oh, we got to we're gonna cast like big black guys, so like there's no danger involved. We're gonna set this all up." <laughs> and we're like, "How much is that gonna cost?" And they're like, "It's gonna cost X amount of dollars." And it comes out of like your takeaway of the budget. We're like, mm, "Let's just go out with cameras." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but let's just do a documentary where we don't have to pay any of these guys. Yeah, let's just. You no, know, we ended up paying them, but it, it, it was like you know it's a pretty full basketball court, like five in the afternoon. So we kind of jumped up with these three guys, played three on three. They kicked our ass like twice, and then we're like, "Yeah, let's let these other guys play." So then a big game got started. Then we started to lose light again. We're like, oh, we really got to shoot another game. So one of our producers, this tiny Asian guy, just ran over and was like, hey, guys, who wants 10 bucks? And then just like clears <laughs> the court, paid them all cash right there, gave them like release forms, and then we played another game. <laughs> and I, I thought like, I felt really bad. I was like, yeah, it, was, it, was like, it is kind of racist and like inherently like just small to bring like these security guards to, you know, just a, a like neighborhood park. But apparently on the, at the end of the night, they were telling the, our camera guy, they were like, yeah, security went from about a three to a six because that guy in the green jacket walked up he's a he's a pawn he came by checked out the equipment with you got those cameras there like there's a yeah there's like five thousand dollar cameras yeah he sell those are expensive cameras so he left came back and all these jackets showed up and then i was just thinking gun man gun 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 so <laughs> wow. i don't know like i was completely unaware talking to you. yeah yeah wait no you said pawn is that that's a i guess that's street term for like a like a scout oh okay <laughs> yeah right 
So yeah, you, no, you're not sure what he's saying. You're just like, oh, sure, sure. Yeah, he's a pawn. Oh, really? God, there was a pawn? A green jacket <laughs> yeah, pawn that's, here? Yeah, that's what I, I assume that was a pawn, like trying yeah, to play exactly. it. Exactly. Well, it could also just be like, we want to justify why you guys paid us $12 an hour for the past 10 hours and just like, oh, it oh, got right. real hairy at the end. Good thing we were there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, oh. these white boys. yeah exactly. Like, I wouldn't have known the difference between a pawn and just like a kid. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, or a that is, guard. It, it would be interesting <laughs> if something went down. Like like you said, you're paying these bodyguards what twelve bucks an hour? Oh, there you go. We yeah. were blocking. Yeah, that. a little bit. You just moved the mic so we could we could really lock we guys here, get into yeah. talk radio. Yeah. So you're paying these guys twelve dollars an hour, and in my head I'm thinking, how far does this bodyguard position go? Because obviously bodyguarding the president, they're gonna throw their body at the bullet. But right, that's a hero. They yeah. get more you're than make- twelve bucks an hour too. Well, what? Yeah, exactly. But so okay, these guys are making twelve bucks an hour. What does that really entail? How much protection do you think? These guys actually would have brought. Were they armed? Uh, I don't know if they were armed. It didn't look like it. There was one big, gigantic white guy named William who just constantly used the bathroom. And then the <laughs> other guy who, who showed up late. What was he guarding? I just, I guess, his bowels. <laughs> and then the other guy who showed Comes up late. Comes back sniffling. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in there blowing in my Oh, no, they can't afford that. Uh, the other guy, Big D, was a big black guy. Walked in and just shook everybody's hand with Big D, protector and bodyguard. Big D, protector and bodyguard. So I don't know what they would have done or what they could have done. I feel like done. you can trust Big D. He yeah. loves his job. No, yeah, I liked it. They hung He's around a lot, asked us for food a lot. They're good guys. Asked us for food a lot. All right, folks, it's coming to that time to end the show. Uh, Sean sent one more text. He says, tell the green machines to keep on trucking. So you green machines out there, keep on doing your thing. Oh, <laughs> opener is flamboyantly gay. There goes my act. That's the text message I just got from Sean. It's a good text message to end on. Joe, cue the high cue music. There's no one named Joe in here. It's just me. Pepitone on sports. Tim McGraw should kill himself. Nebraska sounds lame. That's it for the show, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Best of so far 2011. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Check SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link to subscribe to the podcast. Or follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. Also check me out at my website, TheComedyGarageMovie.com.